Hello, Erica. Hello, Steven. We're back doing Lazy Doctor Who again after like more than a month. Yeah. Wow. It's I I feel bad for taking so long, except not really because it's Lazy Doctor Who, and if I felt bad, then this podcast would probably stop. It wasn't laziness that mm-hmm. um, made us stay away for so long. It was a very busy few weeks, including Gallifrey One. And hockey. So yeah, much hockey. So much. Mm-hmm. So much work. Yep. And stuff. Yep. But then, on this, the eve of Good Friday, mm-hmm. you turned to me and said, hey, maybe we can watch some Doctor Who. And then, of course, as is per tradition, I forced you to watch a second episode. So we, w- Which, as per tradition, was probably not the best idea in terms of my enjoyment of the program, but here we are. We'll coax you through it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was... Oh, I was going to see. I'm so tired. I was just going to say something and it was going to be amazing. And now it's it's gone. Um, so I'll say something else instead. What are you going to say? Um, oh, I was going to say that actually when we first started this podcast, when we were talking about how um, you at first didn't want to do a podcast as we went through this because uh-huh. you just wanted it to be, you know, a thing that we did and didn't have to worry about. But you know what? If it wasn't for this podcast, I probably wouldn't have said, hey, let's watch some Doctor Who tonight. So That's it's true. it is doing its job as I thought that it would, that it would get, it, it would motivate me to watch the whole series faster than I probably would have otherwise. I figured that would be the case mm-hmm. soon after you suggested the idea of a podcast. Yep. Yeah. Nothing motivates me like a podcast. <laughs> Yep, if you're obligated to do it. Well, we watched, by the way, we watched um, episodes six and seven Mm -hmm. of The Evil of the Daleks. (laughs) You're looking askew at the TV screen. Yeah, oh, okay, it's chapters of episode seven. I was thinking it was episodes. There's only six of them, but okay, okay. No, that's my homemade DVD uh, menu that I made. Oh, crikey, I must have made that several years ago over 10 years ago now did I make some of these uh, DVDs of missing episode recons and stuff and I actually like timed out where the chat like I I put the chapters at like beginning of scenes and stuff like that like I put some proper effort into these wow that's that's deeper nerdery than I than I realized I do like the uh, the little episode screen you made with the roundels in the background that's very nice <laughs> yep. oh yeah you can't see this this is great podcasting but and the, and the font i used uh is the same font that they used on the dvd covers and i found like uh facsimiles of like uh, dvd covers uh region one dvds and stuff so i printed all those out so all the missing episodes have proper places on the dvd shelf wow. amongst all the actual dvd releases when we finish recording this episode, we should, you should take a picture of of this screen sure. so you can tweet it and share it. Maybe your shelf, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I feel like it's it's appropriate. It's the end of se- uh, season four. Really? Of Doctor Who. Whoa. <clears throat> yeah. It's the end of season four. Uh, episode seven actually went out July 1st, 1967, Canada's 100th birthday. This episode went out. Whoa. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And the, uh, I want to say that, um, what was the last episode of series 10? The Doctor Falls went out July 1st on 20, whatever the year this is, 2017, mm-hmm. which is the 150th anniversary of Canada. 
Oh, right. I remember you saying that it was going out on the 50th anniversary yeah. of episode seven of The Evil of that, the Daleks. Yep. <clears throat> yep. So that's uh, that's that's a thing. Um, this was, at the time, intended. When, when the Doctor says the final end of the Daleks, this was going to write out the Daleks. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Your reaction, please. Yes. Um, I, I can't even conceive of... Doctor Who without the Daleks. It just mm. it does not compute, sort of. I mean, honestly, like this would have been a pretty good end. This is a pretty epic Dalek story. Uh-huh. It was. Well, you couldn't conceive Doctor Who without the Daleks, but Terry Nation could conceive Daleks without Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And so it was he who actually was heading off to the States to try and make a new series called, I think, The Destructors and had scripts written up and was trying to sort of sway some American networks into uh, into making a Dalek spinoff series. And so basically withdrew them from, because he always had the rights to them anyway, yeah. thanks to um, Stephen Moffat's mother-in-law negotiating that contract back in 1963. <laughs> but uh, as, as you may know, the Dalek TV series never took off, but uh, the producers of Doctor Who... Uh, felt that, hey, we got Cybermen, we've got other monsters coming down the pipeline. So this is the last appearance of the Daleks for five years in Doctor Who. Wow. I'm very interested to move forward and see if I feel their loss mm-hmm. or if I'm just kind of okay with it. Well, it, it's... um, I find these two, this and Power of the Daleks, which are kind of bookend Troughton's first season in a way, even though he didn't technically start at the beginning of season four. But... I find they're the most intelligent Dalek stories. They're not, you know, because the Terry Nation written ones, I think he, he, like many people, doesn't quite understand what makes his own creation so successful. Um, So in a way, this is very much an end of an era, How you know, because Dalek media had kind of ended a few months prior to this, I think. And so the Daleks were kind of like, you know, they were still popular and everything like that but i think doctor who's reliance on the daleks was at an end and so now it sort of like steps forward and becomes a bit of a different show from here on in wow yeah that's interesting Mm -hmm. glad we finally got back to this me too yeah and uh another reason that it's good that we finally got back to this Mm -hmm. let's let's take a moment to uh to do a little detour it's actually incomparable membership drive month that was very loud you're in the room right here very sleepy i'm right here sometimes i yell louder when i'm not near the mic so that i can be heard on the mic but you're also right next to me, so I'm sorry about that. You're also holding the mic, so all you have to do is tilt it toward your mouth. But you're busy talking. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Jeepers, yeah. creepers. Um, yeah, it is an incomparable um, membership drive yeah. month, which is the time of year when we remind all of you, our lovely listeners, how you can support Lazy Doctor Who, our very own podcast, by becoming a member of The Incomparable, which honestly is just a pretty cool thing to do anyway. Um, So what you can do is you can sign up for either a monthly or an annual pledge, and you can support this podcast directly, which we really, really, really appreciate. We do. Mm -hmm. So all you have to do is go to theincomparable.com slash members, and that's where you sign up. And then when you do that, it's going to ask you to pick the shows on the network that you would like to support. Um, If you check the box next to Lazy Doctor Who, and that's the only one you check, then your entire contribution will come to us after a few overhead type fees are taken out. Um, But if you listen to other podcasts on the Incomparable Network, 
you can also check their boxes and then your contribution will be shared equally by all of the shows you want to support and you totally should support some other shows um as a thank you for supporting us members receive lots of really cool stuff there is exclusive bonus audio uh there's a bootleg podcast where you can hear episodes of shows right after they're recorded uh <laughs> which admittedly for for our short show you you get to hear it right away after we record it anyway you, you are listening to the bootleg version of <laughs> doctor who yeah we're all bootleg all the time but for the uh the incomparable um sort of proper flagship show and the game show podcast uh that can be a nice thing because sometimes some of the episodes of those shows get banked for like weeks or months even yeah. um so it's nice to be able to listen to them right away also when you eventually hear them you hear the polished edited versions many of which steven here works on himself yeah i'm doing a game show right now low definition 16 which i think was recorded about a month ago mm-hmm. uh and it's coming out sometime in early april and i'm i'm ch- i'm chopping all the fun out <laughs> but you can hear all the un- it's like two and a half hours long oh my god so if you want to hear all that, which is a lot of fun stuff in there, um, but some people don't want to hear it, you can listen to the bootleg by becoming an incomparable member. Yeah, I've kind of stopped being on low definition because they take two and a half hours to record. Uh, I'm a podcaster and I don't even want to be on there for all of that. So I, I'm the kind of person who likes to wait for the fancy polished version with all of the uh, the music on it, right. but not everybody does. So many people like to just listen to that bootleg and hear all of the nonsense that mm-hmm. happened uh, in between, uh, which admittedly sometimes i do listen to the bootleg versions um it's just sitting there and suffering through is a different experience entirely well because oftentimes the uh the the bootleg versions uh um arise various different um memes and and jokes and humor that you can sort of read on the slack channel which uh incomparable members get uh, get access to yeah it's like a cool social media thing that's like a closed garden that's just for incomparable members and some of the uh, incomparable panelists pop mm-hmm. in there as well. We certainly do ourselves. So um, that is a uh, that is a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, my computer is flaking out right now. <laughs> but this is the bootleg version, so you will not hear this edited out in any way, shape, or form. I I, I should also um, add while while you uh, fight with your computer a little bit. Is it is it all set? Okay, good, because I want to say this until later on. What are you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say um, that um, there are also some, some special extras that are just for right. uh, incomparable members, uh-huh. and we, this year, once again, are going to do a members-only bonus special. This year, we are going to play Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit. Whoa, Doctor Who Trivial... Oh, sorry, you're right there. Whoa, Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> yeah, well, Stephen, um, it's not fair to allow Stephen to play, so I'm making him run the game. So you're going to be our game master, and we are going to try to get some of our incomparable friends to play. Um, there are definitely a bunch of other people on the network that uh, that watch Doctor Who, so mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we can get some some folks to, to play with us. Um, probably Jason, at least. Uh, and then I get to look like a complete fool because I'm the co-host of the Doctor Who pod, one of the Doctor Who podcasts on the network, and I will probably lose terribly. This is the reason why I want to host it because I'm just <laughs> terrified of getting... Because I, 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 when it comes to Doctor Who trivia and Trivial Pursuit, especially, sometimes the newer questions throw me uh-huh. and... Uh, and I second guess myself with the other questions. Thinking, oh no, that seems too simple. It, it's got to be something different than that, and then it isn't, and then I get the question wrong. So I'm happy to host it. Yeah, we'll probably also try to, I hope, get uh, 
get Chip and Alyssa from This Week in Time Travel, which is the other Doctor Who podcast on the network. Um, They do like actual like interviews and reviews and talk about new Doctor Who. So it's a very different kind of show. We're not in competition. We love our friends. We do. Mm -hmm. Um, And and we might do a, a members only special with them as well. Yeah, that's right. They're yeah. gonna, they're sort of cooking something up that yeah. we're going to be on. So so yeah. So if you want to hear that cool, fun, extra stuff, um, go to theincomparable.com slash members. Sign up. Uh, there are contribution levels at five, ten, and twenty dollars per month. And of course, annual equivalents are available. Uh-huh. I have one more uh, because mm-hmm. uh, as for those who enjoyed our little spinoff podcast in the village, mm-hmm. uh, we we announced it on our most recent uh, incomparable episode because it, we reviewed the prisoner. We were part of that, uh, and you you pushed us into this live on air mm-hmm. that we would do a special members only episode reviewing the two thousand nine prisoner remake starring Jim Caviezel and Ian McKellen. Mm-hmm. I have acquired said series, Ooh. so within the next month or so, for members of The Incomparable, you will hear our reactions. <laughs> I've never seen it. I've never seen a second of it. I have no idea what to expect, so that's that's coming. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Um, I am just, I'm really, really curious. So yeah, I totally promise that on the pod, on the incomparable yep. so now we are we're stuck to it we are so but anyway did i cut you off during uh, during the final blurb there no oh. um well okay well yeah i guess you you did it was very important i would say not cut me off it you was added some value there <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, i was just going to say that if you are already a member of the incomparable it's really easy to increase your pledge to a higher level and get some special goodies in return so if you want to support us go to the incomparable.com slash members to sign up thank you 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 mm-hmm. so let's get back to these amazing Dalek stories you were talking about um, the power of the Daleks and the evil of the Daleks as the two like intelligent Dalek stories and I have to agree with you I think these are I just I I can't believe I went my entire Doctor Who loving career without having experienced these stories I feel like I've just been missing out they're so good this was this was just great i mean everything from the sets which we couldn't see moving most of the time to the the daleks and the the dalek society and the hierarchy of black daleks versus the gray daleks Mm -hmm. and then human sounding daleks which is the most single most terrifying thing in the history of doctor who that a a human style dalek saying dizzy doctor okay again i'm right here Jesus. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, no, no. The one saying, Fred? Right. Like, oh, oh my God, that was just. Yeah. You made a noise. I looked over. I was like, what's going on? Are you? La- oh, no. she's. You're terrified. You're creeped out. <laughs> I was not laughing. That no. was not a laugh. That was, yeah. That was something. I was not expecting that. Because I had, I had kind of thought that maybe the doctor was going to pull a fast one mm-hmm. and that whatever it was he was collecting or figuring out from from jamie was was that he was calling the human factor was going to be something that was going to undermine um the daleks which it was but it was also exactly what he said Mm -hmm. he was doing i thought he was doing something different but no it was both things were true so the idea that he's just infects the daleks with humanity and I, i i appreciate the fact that they completely gloss over how any of that 
happens or mm-hmm. works. <laughs> it's it's the human factor or it's the Dalek factor. That's all you need to know. Yeah. You don't need any details. Well, because he, he he explained he had one of those little vials. The, oh, a, a vial. Or <laughs> of human factor in a thing on a computer, and then they printed out a thing, and it made made a they turned it into a chemical. And then steam. Steam. Because <laughs> yes. they stepped in this transformation arch and they made it happen. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Okay, I, let's. I want to pour one out for um for Peter Hawkins, um the 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 Dalek voice who did the those remarkably. Did he do all of them. He did all of them. Peter Hawkins was one of two or three Dalek voice operators uh, in the early years, and he was. F- by far the best, I think, because he comes up mm-hmm. with those very manipulative d- sounding d- Daleks. Nick Briggs mm-hmm. has is unabashed in his um, statement that he models his own Dalek voicing off of Peter Hawkins. I was just going to ask that because I found this. I'm, I'm shocked that this was all the same person, same as I have been shocked many times that it's Nick Briggs um, mm-hmm. doing all of the Daleks in in the new series and. And yeah, you you you're exactly right. The emotion that you get in these Dalek voices, especially the human Dalek voices, but not even just them. You know, also the the Daleky Daleks and the Emperor Dalek mm-hmm. um, is they're all individual, and you you just get such a sense of I don't want to say per- personality, but Dalekality, and uh, <laughs> and yeah, and and Nick does that as well. Um, in the here and now these days so mm-hmm. yeah i can see it there's a through line it's very fitting Do you know who played uh, peter hawkins in a brief cameo in adventure in space and time did they have nick briggs do it oh that's awesome he wore a, he wore a wig <laughs> he had a hairpiece on because because uh, nick is bald and peter hawkins is not this is peter hawkins last appearance oh. as dalek operator this that's one of the casualties of of losing it and it's we'll get to <laughs> the next appearance of the daleks in 18 years time at this rate to see how the dalek voices have changed by then but uh yeah so that's another end of an era when it comes to daleks is peter hawkins no longer does the voices wow yeah that is that is sad, mm-hmm. man. I I guess I I'd heard of the Emperor Dalek. I knew that was the thing, but I just had forgotten about it, and I did not know that that happened in this story. So when you get that first shot, which in, in even the reconstruction that we we watched um, had a nice still of like the the room with the Dalek, you know, centered in it. Um, I don't remember what I said, but. I, but I definitely like g- gasped and, and exclaimed something. You went, whoa. Is that what I did? Yeah. See, I didn't even remember because that was, you know, sometimes when you're watching stuff, like you you exclaim things to, to show that you're into it mm-hmm. and, you know, to kind of like be in the room with the people around you. That was not what happened. That was absolutely unbidden. It just flew out of my throat, like without even touching the insides of my mouth. It was just, I was gobsmacked i was waiting for that moment you when i was setting up the uh the dvd i had to sort of like futz with it a little bit and and the the froze on an image of the very end of episode six which was the you know, the emperor dalek with the, the credits going to pass and i was glad you were out of the room because i didn't want to spoil <laughs> this 54 year old appearance of uh of of doctor who um so yeah i remember seeing that as a kid like and still like pictures and stuff like that even before i saw any of, of this and i thought wow i remember building a lego version of that years before i even saw the reconstruction of the evil the daleks it, it affected me that much when i was a kid 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I I don't know how I went this long without being spoiled, but but I did. I'm impressed. Well, they they did have the the big giant emperor in uh, Parting of the Ways, as you recall. Yeah, I remember that, and I guess I just it never really twigged to me that that was a direct callback to something else, or maybe at the time. I knew that it was, but that didn't sink in. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, like this this lost no punch. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Yeah. Another neat thing, a neat tie-in is that, I mean, this is obviously Doctor Who Returns to Scarrow mm-hmm. for the first time since the second ever story. And I, even though the set design is different, the sound effects are, are the same as that first story. And I love the, I don't know if you, if you caught it, but when Jamie and the Doctor are sort of outside and Waterfield, they're sort of like, you know, walking along like the cliffs or something like that. And he goes, oh, there's an underground passage over here. And Jamie goes, how do you know that, Doctor? Because, <laughs> of course, we know. Because, of course, David Whitaker, who wrote this and Power of the Daleks, was the story editor on that first season of Doctor Who. So he knew. He knew exactly what to do. I, I noticed the continuity there. And it, it didn't occur to me to, to be surprised or impressed. But, yeah, of course, a, there had been a lot of changeover between then and now. So, yeah. Nice job, Whitaker. <laughs> Whitaker. <laughs> the first great contribution of a Whitaker in Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, the, first, the first of more than one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second one with two Ts. Uh, what else do you want to say about the about the, the last episode, last two episodes of this? Camel. Yeah. Mm, I like him so much. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we talked about the problematic issues with his character, but, but also about how he was... It got a lot more development than I than a than many many characters on Doctor uh-huh. Who, and I'm not just talking about characters of color or characters with any kind of disability. I'm just talking about any characters. Um, so I just there was a, a big part of me that kept thinking like, all right, in my head there is an alternate universe where Victoria and Kemmel were able <laughs> to just go off and get a manor house in the country somewhere and live together happily ever after. I just feel like those two would just be so cute. And and yeah, so I don't know. Maybe there's a fic out there that somebody can point me to that's just, you know, it's just cozy rainy Sundays and cups of tea and she does some knitting and he, you know, sweeps up and and helps her take care of the horses and, right. you know, whatever. Just, I... I I, I love this idea. I think that describes that um, Queen Victoria and the Judy Dench and Billy Connolly movie, where <laughs> Billy, Billy Connolly plays like the um, stable boy who uh, Queen Victoria had an affair or a long friendship with after Prince Albert died in the 1800s, which I find out because it's obviously Victoria, and so you're basically rewriting that. I would like to see a cartoon or animated uh, or perhaps just drawings. Uh, perhaps by Rachel Stott, in the style of her quick drawings that she drew for the war games after she saw the war games. <laughs> I want those drawings, except with Kimmel and Victoria. Oh, that would be the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, he fell off a cavern and died. Because that's the way that Doctor Who uh, had companions join the TARDIS crew back then, is yeah. that we will kill your father and your servant and blow up your home so you literally have no choice but to come with us he wasn't her servant he was he was uh what's his maxtables that's true yeah yeah. he was her friend friend that's true Mm -hmm. yep and would be lover sadly it never happened no but uh 
Yeah, I mean, I appreciated that he, that at least he didn't die in some stupid, stupid way. He died trying to save her, mm-hmm. which, you know, it still really sucks. But, yeah, um, yeah. way to go, Doctor Who kill off all the, <laughs> all the interesting characters, the characters with disabilities and people of color. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you're right. That's that's it's all orphans all the time up, up in here, basically. <laughs> no one will miss them. <laughs> off they go. Oh boy, yeah. So honestly, it, mm. the, the end after after really just enjoying this whole story all the way through, I at the very end, yeah, I felt really just bummed out and like just kind of like emotionally wrung out and just empty. And it wasn't a triumphant end in any way, shape, or form. And I know part of that's because this is a serialized show, and they're gonna mm-hmm. you know basically just gonna roll right into the next episode, I assume. Um, but but yeah, there was no real moment of of triumph because you know we had just lost and not to mention victoria's dad too yeah, yeah. um so like we had just lost some some characters who we had come to care about yes the doctor blew up all of the all of the daleks and the dalek city and stuff but it all sort of felt really really sort of like rushed and smushed together at the end there mm-hmm. so i didn't it didn't have time to really settle so when you tell me that that was supposed to be the true end of the Daleks, I, and maybe this is partially, you know, 50 more years of, of the show weighing on me, but it didn't feel final to me no. in any way. That's because you knew that there's going to be more Daleks coming. I mean, that that yeah. certainly could have been it, but it all, ha- it, it, I don't know, it just felt like it happened happened really fast and we only got one line from the doctor saying a final a final end Mm -hmm. if there would have you know even if we would have had time for a scene in the TARDIS for the doctor to say you know some musing on how the Daleks had been his greatest foe for so long and and you know it's you know he's so glad to know that they're gone or something and maybe we'll get that in the next episode I don't know I like that they end it like that I like how he just says you know an end and Jamie goes off the final end because you can see how you know, this is the culmination of the Doctor and the Daleks. And you could just, I bet you if we could see it, you could probably see it in his face, the way Troughton sort of looks. You could, you know, we all know the history that he's had with them. We don't necessarily need for him to talk about it Star Trek style to his uh, his <laughs> well, ship doctor and his second in command. Maybe I like Star Trek style, style sometimes. Oh. I like it, well, this, spoiler alert, we'll, we'll get a direct continuation from this in the next episode um which i'm I'm sure you probably know what it is but we'll talk about it after um i i I always like to explain uh things where you go "Ooh, what's this is this real uh with the moving Mm -hmm. images from the final battle yeah because at first because it's it's hard to know with these recons some of the reconstructions have things where where people have have done things with models you know just just a few years back and you know set that to the soundtrack of the show Mm -hmm. so anytime i see something moving in a recon i always need to ask you all right is this the actual show or is this something that somebody did in recent memory to recreate so when i started to see things moving like it was clearly a model shot the very first thing that we Mm -hmm. saw moving uh it was a really good model shot so i didn't know if it was it was more modern or if it was from the show and then there were there were bits that were very clearly not model shots that were actually full-size Daleks and the Emperor Dalek and stuff. So that made me think that all of it was real because why would you make your own model shots and intercut uh, there? So so fill me in. It was all real, mm-hmm. but mm. it was actually eight millimeter, um, basically whole movies of the filming of those actual scenes. 
Whoa. Yeah. Wrinkle. Yeah, exactly. So they use some models with little uh, what were called Louis Marks Daleks, which are commercially available pullback and thing Daleks. Uh, they use that not for the first, not for the last time in Doctor Who. Um, so that's what those little model shots were. Those weren't. Those are just <laughs> literally toys. Uh, and then I, I forgot that they actually blew up the the main model of the uh, the Emperor Dalek and stuff. And so that's. Uh, I think I I read in as I'm often want to do in looking up missing episodes and stuff that apparently four seconds of moving images exists from it and I can't tell if perhaps some of that footage was of the camera shooting the the screen perhaps kind of like doing a telesnap if you will Um, I'm not too sure which four seconds that pertains to but that's that's where that footage comes from on the one of the I think it might be the last year's DVD box set I think it features the whole two or three minutes worth I think of all the model footage uh, home movies that they shot for that. So that's the origin of that. And that's just the model footage, or does that include the real-life footage? That includes well? the real-life okay. footage. Basically, all the footage that they that camera crew did. He says, ah, oh, this is pretty monumental. Let's see what's going on here. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Like, that, there were so many, so many explosions, yeah. so much in the special effects realm that, yeah, it makes perfect sense to bring in a camera crew to sort of document the experience of, of doing all of that. That's like, seems like a very smart BBC thing to do. Yeah. Those are some big explosions. So those are on film. Right. Those are not done in, in BBC Television Center or Riverside or whatever the hell they were. This, I think they're back at Lime Grove now, actually. But uh, um, yeah, so those, yeah, those are impressive. Where was that shot then? Um, Somewhere at Ealing, Ealing Film Studio, yeah. Okay, that's my yeah. guess. Yeah, it it looked good. And I just, yeah, I can't get over how amazing the Emperor Dalek is. Like, just not just the set Although that was magnificent, but also the the effects on the voice. It was so big and booming. I just, it sounded like it filled the room in such a magnificent way that it was heart-stopping every time. I just keep thinking about it. Also, the Emperor Dalek totally has boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that for the first time ever watching it this time around. Mm-hmm. Two Dalek bumps, and yep. that's it, right on the front. Yep, etheric beam locators whatever yep mm -hmm. just two of them and i noticed even during the uh the explosions those things lasted until almost the very end yep indestructible dalek boobs yep Mm -hmm. well done wonder bra in dalek form (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that was i'm i am literally physically saluting the makers of doctor who in 1967 because this was this was amazing and now we have victoria who was at, at least at the start here? She's she's quite smart. Um, I liked it when she was a prisoner on the Dalek uh, on Scaro, mm-hmm. the Dalek homeworld. Yes, I know what it's called. Yeah, I'm just tired. I know. Um, yeah, there was at one point where she was puzzling something out, and just how she sort of recognizes that Maxtable. Why can't I get that name? I don't know. I can't think of that name. I, I couldn't think of Peter Hawkins for the longest time, and now I finally do in this last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, how he really is just like she points out to the to the doctor and Jamie that he just can't listen anymore. He's that far gone. Um, she immediately twigs to the fact that oh, there's there are other humans uh, in the city somewhere. Maybe that's the doctor and Jamie. Um, 
interesting that she doesn't say and my dad uh but yeah, i know yeah also as i pointed out while we were watching it it strikes me as a little weird that the daleks have um like a pa system on scaro like why do they need that when they can <laughs> right. silently call back other daleks to scaro from mm-hmm. from many millions of miles away on another planet uh, but you know it worked out well for us yep you know plot that's why mm-hmm important for the plot yeah but anyway so i, I just thought victoria c- comported herself very well mm-hmm. and um i liked I, I really wish that we could see this because i really want to see her interacting with kemmel um like you know in their in their non-existent future together in their house <laughs> they have some sort of british sign language going that you know they probably had to invent themselves right and uh but they both do very fluently and it's just it's all very sweet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to mention two, maybe three things. I can't remember. One, oh, uh, speaking of Victoria, with the doctor and Victoria sort of having a talk there mm-hmm. about um, stuff. I can't remember what their conversation was, but it reminds me of the one to come in Tomb of the Cybermen. Uh, B, the it, this is, I mean, obviously we've seen the doctor change from William Hartnell to Patrick Troughton, but... This is one of the first overt references we get. You know, well, you know, you went through the arch. How come you didn't get uh, changed by the human factory? Because I don't come from your planet. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say I'm not human, but he says I don't come from Earth. Yes. It's sort of a rare admission. And he talks about perhaps taking them back to his home planet, which is... That's what I wanted to say. Yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, which I found, I found that interesting. It was, you know, like the idea that they couldn't get away... Um, or if they did, it would be like, where are they going to run? Where are they going to hide? And, you know, knowing what we know now about the doctor and, and where he comes from. Yeah, his home planet would be a place that he could take Victoria and she would actually be protected and safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if the, the creators of the show had had that much of it fleshed out. But just the idea that he was thinking of of that as as a possible option. Um, yeah. So it was just, you know, a tantalizing hint, I'm sure, for for kids who had been watching the show since it started, just to hear the doctor talk about his own home planet when you never get any information about it must have been really exciting. Very exciting. And he sort of becomes, you know, they're they're sort of paving the way for him to become the father figure Mm -hmm. in Victoria's life. Mm Because the sad thing is she never sees her father again in in this episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Even like for the longest yeah, time, because we in, right. in episode six we don't even see them, nope. really, because it's Kemal and Victor and they're running around and not in the same room as Victoria. Yeah, mm. boy, oh boy. Well, at least she doesn't have to watch him get That's killed by true. a Dalek. And interestingly, he doesn't die instantaneously like most people do when yeah. they get shot by a Daleks. He gets his Shakespearean um, death mm-hmm. scene to say yeah. to take care of Victoria. Mm-hmm. This is also uh, back to the protection side of things. Uh, this is one of our longest episodes ever. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the end of season four, but also the end of a whole stretch of episodes that I think dates back to the moon base where they were literally making each episode one week before it aired all the pre- the pre-film stuff was made before the episode one was shot so that stuff was made like literally two months prior to to people seeing it but still going at that kind of pace like with no margin for error uh as happened in the moon base episode four with the audio problems like that like that must have just driven everyone to just like ah but they did a superb job yeah that's just nuts especially with yeah all of this going on. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. 
But they didn't stop making Doctor Who right after this because even though this is the end of the season, they carried on to make the next story in which would serve as the season opener to season five. Do you know what story that is? I don't actually. Do you want me to tell you? Sure. I mean, they used to say at the end, you know, I know. next, but since it's the end of the season, maybe they didn't. But. Yeah. Well, the action picks up in the thankfully existing The Tomb of the Cybermen. All right. That one. Yeah, it's one it's one you've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm looking forward to watching it again to see mm-hmm. if I get more out of it because I was bored. But it was a long time ago okay. that I watched this. Um probably like eh, how how long have I known you? Like six years? About that? Yeah, so it was probably just before I started talking to you, so like seven ish years. Um my brother and I watched it when we were getting together every other week to watch Blake Seven or Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, I think it part of it. Like I think I was just more in the mood for like a rollicking good time. So like the highlight episodes, highlight stories were things like the Three Doctors and the Five Doctors, right. and you know, Snake Dance and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Whereas I, I don't know, Snake Dance. That's of, that's not one that people pull out for. Hey, let's have a rollicking good time and watch Snake Dance. Well, I, like I don't it. know. I like it. <laughs> but, um, like it. Uh, but yeah, so I just, I, I didn't, I didn't dig it. And I think part of it also is because people had been talking it up so much. Like yeah. this is just like it, you know, I'd been listening to podcasts. So, oh yeah. So I guess it would have been after I at least knew who you were because I had been hearing people on podcasts talk about how it was like the greatest thing since sliced bread. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it and was like, well, I kind of like sliced bread. So yeah, so I'm excited to watch it again, sort of, and in context, I think that'll be uh, much better because at the time I had no idea that it was Victoria's first ah. real story. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's kind of an important piece of the puzzle in order to really get the interpersonal relationship. So, so that'll be fun. I can't believe that we're already already ha 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 to uh, to season five. Well, uh, as Simon Garrier pointed out in his excellent book Who, Who Graphica, um, in the f- first five years of Doctor Who, there are over 25% of Doctor Who episodes ever made. Wow. So just the, so yes, it's taken us a long time chronologically to get through all this, but there are a lot of episodes to get through. So we're through a quarter of Doctor Who. Pretty close. Mm-hmm. I mean, episode number wise, not necessarily minutes wise. Not minutes wise, but we mm-hmm. did do season series one of the, the Eccleston series. That's true. So, so yeah, we're about a quarter way through Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And I, you know, the seasons are going to get shorter. Mm-hmm. So I think in that respect, the pace will pick up. Also, yeah. once hockey season is finally over, um, then we'll have more time. But we're going on a road trip uh, on because it's a long weekend for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so road trips to other places and staying in different hotels usually means, hey, let's watch mm. old Doctor Who. So not promising anything, but there might be more Lazy Doctor Who coming this weekend. Yeah, from a hotel room, probably. Yay, hotel rooms! From a hotel room, we had to book on points because we can't afford it. So please go to theincomparable.com slash members. That's a callback and a call to action. <laughs> here, here. All right. Is that it for this one? I th- We've been going for an epically long time. Yeah. But I feel like we've been away so long that we, we owed it to the listeners and... To ourselves. I agree. And as per tradition, uh, 
at the beginning of a podcast and you're really tired, you are wide awake now. So Great. How am I supposed to fall asleep? It's one o'clock in the morning and now I'm wired again. Let's watch another Doctor Who episode. You realize about 12 minutes into it, I will just zonk. I know. Mm -hmm. So we will say goodnight to you now then. Mm -hmm. Goodnight to you now. Goodnight to you now.